Good evening and welcome in to another edition of Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Have you for the next hour? Up until 9 o'clock tonight, we got a lot to get into here on the program today as it is another edition of First Place Brewers Weekly here on the program. The Brewers uh, lead the National League Central by a game and a half over the Cardinals. They have extended their lead to three games over the Cubs, four over the Reds, and five over the Pirates. And they win today in New York to split that four-game series. After losing the first two games, you come back to uh, win the last two. You'll take it. A road split, always a good thing. If you want to get in touch with the program today, there are multiple ways to do so. You can always uh, give us a call or text us on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. Again, that is 414-799-1620. Taking your phone calls and your text messages. You can also always tweet at me if you would like. That is at Matt Pauley Radio. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y radio. Always appreciate any follows as well. If you want to follow me, I try to tweet out uh, good stuff about the Brewers and try to make a joke here and there as well. But uh, you don't have to you don't have to follow me to tweet at me, and uh, we'll be monitoring the Twitter account throughout the course of the program as well. So the Brewers win day over the Mets 2-1. And I almost feel like I'm a broken record saying the same stuff over and over, but right now that's a good thing because it means the Brewers are continuing to win games. They're winning ways in different ways. If you were just talking, if you just heard uh, my conversation with Greg Matzik as he wrapped up Sports Central, Greg made the point, and it was a fantastic point. Greg made the point. Hey, I, don't, I didn't know if this team was built to win a 2-1 game on the road. Well, they did, and all of a sudden you look at the pieces that are there, and they're looking more and more like that they do have that ability. Because you got you got a guy who's turned into a lockdown closer in Corey Knable. Picks up his fourth save today, pitching in a one-run game in the ninth inning on the road. Uh, he is a he is one of the greatest assets that this team has at the current moment. They they weren't they they had a bad offensive day today, bad offensive day. Let me let me change that. Let me let me back up a couple steps. They had a bad clutch offensive day today. They come up with 11 hits. 11 hits isn't a bad number. You take 11 hits, you're going to win a lot of games where you have 11 hits. But they go 3 for 12 with runners on in scoring position. They leave 9 runners on. They have 11 hits and they only score 2 runs. That's that's not a great number right there. And, but they find a way to win. That's all that matters. They find a way to win. And I, I get the sense with this team that you, you kind of... there's. There's all these equations in baseball. You want to split on the road. You want to win. You want to take two out of three at home. You definitely don't want to lose a series at home. Yada yada yada. And they're they're finding ways to just kind of do what they need to do. You know, they lose the first two games of that Arizona series at home, and then they come back and they win the last two, and they kind of salvage what started to look like it was going to be a terrible homestand because they had gotten swept by uh, the Blue Jays. But they salvage it by winning those games in Arizona. And then they go to New York and they lose the first two games, but they salvage it by winning the last two games. And you've got different guys stepping up. And all of a sudden there's, there, there, there's, there's guys performing so well that it creates even more issues for Craig Council in putting together the correct lineup. You, know, you can't keep Eric Sogard out of the lineup right now. And this is an issue. And stick with me what I'm about to say here because it's 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 borderline ridiculous. I understand it is borderline ridiculous. Eric Sogard 
playing as well as he is playing actually kind of hurts the rebuild a little bit. And here's what I mean by that. When you're in a rebuild, you give young players opportunities to go out there and mature and to fail and to do all that sort of stuff. And that's what Jonathan VR is. Jonathan VR is still a young guy. And Jonathan VR is kind of an immature baseball player. Not in the sense of uh, he, he's immature emotionally, but just the way he plays. His, his game does not have a maturity to it. The way he runs the bases, uh, the, the strikeouts are a little bit too much. There's, there's some development that has to happen there. You develop by staying on the field and, and by playing every day and getting some tough love on occasion. Well, if, if this team isn't winning, if this team isn't in first place, it really doesn't matter if VR goes out there and, and, and makes a, a bonehead play you know, every few games. But right now, this team's winning. This team's in first place, and you've got Eric Sogard who's just killing it. And it, it kind of hurts the rebuild. But they're winning. They're in first place. So who cares if it hurts the rebuild, right? Like, that's the, that's the rub right now as this team goes on and, and as this team tries to, uh, tries to figure out who they are during, during the course of the year. So we'll get into that. We'll, we'll touch on the VR versus Sogard stuff later on. Chase Anderson today, seven shutout innings. I was worried. I'll be, I'll be totally honest. I tend to be honest. I don't lie very often, if at all. I was worried about Chase Anderson today. Because Chase Anderson's coming off a game where he threw 114 pitches. And even more important than that, in that last game where he took the no-hitter into the eighth inning, he was at 111 after seven. So he sat down at 111 and then came back again at 111. That's a, that's a, that's a load on an arm. So I was worried about what he was going to do today. Oh, I'm wrong. Anderson, seven innings, no runs, three hits, seven strikeouts, one walk. He throws 104 pitches, 68 for strikes. He is emerging as a force. Now, that doesn't mean he can't fall back. He was a force to start the season as well, and he did fall back. But he's a great story. This is a guy who, if Matt Garza wouldn't have gone injured when the season got started, he wouldn't even be in the uh, starting rotation. And now he's pitching to a 4-1 record and a 3.30 ERA. So we'll talk about him. We'll talk about uh, the sustainability as well of being a first-place team. Do you want the Brewers to make a move? Do you think the Brewers should make a move? Is this a team that should be a buyer? Rebuild, be damned. This 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 team needs to uh, go go get some talent at the big league level to supplement this team. Well, is that even a possibility? Is probably the better question. We'll find out with Chris Cotillo. That is next. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Weekly is rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you'd like to get involved in the program, you can do so by giving us a call or texting in to the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That's 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. Or you can always tweet at me, at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio. A lot of people are asking, a lot of people are asking, hey, the Brewers are in first place Obviously a team that's got some flaws, obviously a team that's got some blemishes, but they're in first place. They've been in first place for a while. Any chance that this team goes out and makes a move and buys a little bit? I wouldn't be shocked to see them make a small move, but I don't think they're going to make a major move, and I certainly don't think they're going to dish off any of the top prospects. But a guy who knows more about that than me 
is Chris Cotillo. He is a uh, reporter and insider for SB Nation. He uh, manages MLB Daily Dish, and he joins us right now. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am all right. Hey, so... Uh, you, you've got your, your ear to the ground. You know what's going on in terms of uh, some of the trade conversations and initial conversations between uh, general managers. You hearing anything involving the Brewers these days? Well, right now we're, we're at a time where you know fans and, and reporters are kind of more interested in starting to talk about trade stuff, but the front offices are completely focused on the draft, and that will, will start on uh, June 12th, just a couple weeks away, and, and after... Two weeks from now will be around June 15th and, and a little breathing time after the draft. I think that's when trade season really will start. And then by July 1st, teams really start deciding on what to do. And I think uh, between buying and selling, that kind of stuff. So we're seeing, you know, obviously I think a much uh, slower kind of start right now to trade season than we've seen in years past. Only one trade that comes to mind as a, as a kind of significant move with Matt Adams going to the Braves after Freddie Freeman's injury and, other than that, really nothing, no talks, and teams kind of just trying to figure out where they are. So right now, very slow, but it should heat up once we get to, to July in about a month. What you, You've been watching this type of thing for a while. I mean, this is, a, this is a Brewers team that obviously is in a rebuild, and maybe they weren't planning to contend this year, but they're in first place. How does a team like this generally go about maybe adding to the roster but also not doing anything that at all mortgages the future? You know, while it's 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 really tough. I mean, it's tough to to talk to Brewers fans and and say this, but honestly, being in first place right now is and being in first place on July first might be the worst thing for this team long term. And Ken Rosenthal wrote about this a couple weeks ago, where you're going to have a general manager that that is going to be saying, you know, we kind of want to sit back and and maybe not go for it this year just because there's a lot of talent. And is it really worth potentially a wild card berth? Or I know they're the division leader right now, but is that long-term sustainable? I'm not sure. And then, or to mortgage the future, the future that they've built up over the last couple of years, obviously with the trades, uh, Lucroy being the one that comes to mind for me, and some other moves, really building up that farm and potentially you know, trading those guys away to make a run this year doesn't really make sense. So it might be kind of a push and pull between ownership and the front office there, and that is always tough. But for me, I think, you know, looking at it, I think the Cubs are too good to keep struggling this way, and I think the Cardinals are a flawed team but are going to try to contend as they always do. And I think those teams will push, and they'll definitely be buyers at the trade deadline as they try to get back into things. And I think if I'm the Brewers, I'm making maybe a small move here and there, but I'm not being an aggressive buyer, like you said. There are some top, you know, the Brewers minor league system is stacked, and there are some top 30 prospects who are blocked from a position standpoint and are coming up on that clock where if they're not on the 40-man roster, they're exposed. Would there be maybe some interest in you know those, those lower-level prospects who don't probably have a future with the Brewers but still might be better than some of the prospects in some other organizations? Well, that's always an option for teams at the deadline, but you have to think that you know if that's the most you're willing to offer, I'm sure there's teams out there that going for a certain player uh, on a buyer's market or on a seller's market, excuse me, are going to be offering more. So that that's always the problem where you know uh, things make sense on paper, but you never know what other teams are looking at, and, and it depends on what holes you're trying to fill and what other teams are trying to fill those holes too. And obviously, there's a lot of contenders left. There's only you know a few teams that have really pulled away with things so far, and a lot of contenders. The AL East is full of contenders. The NL West is three very solid contenders, and the whole NL Central I think could could at this point, look to, to potentially buy at the deadline. I don't think they will. I think it'll really be the Cubs and Cardinals that are aggressive there, but 
you know, there there are a lot of teams that are going to be trying to do this, and they might have something better to offer than those guys who, you know, you lose leverage when those guys are blocked and everybody knows about it. How has it changed that maybe when the second wild card was first introduced, teams were buying to get that second wild card, but now general managers seem to be backing off on that and saying we're not going to make a big move to just get a, a possible one-game playoff? Well, I think you have to just look at the process that we've seen in the last few years where you've seen, you know, these teams where I think the last two years are a great example. The Cubs and the Royals are teams that that we remember being bad in recent memory. The Cubs were terrible a few years ago, and they built up their team by selling guys at the trade deadline, selling guys in the offseason, getting prospects that way. You know, you think about the way that team is built. Addison Russell is, is a guy that came over in trade. Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, guys they got in the draft. And then you add some big free agent signings at the end there with Jason Hayward, John Lester, but contributors all up and down. You know, Rizzo's a trade guy. and You find a lot of different ways to rebuild. Organizations are looking at that whole process, and I think there's – kind of a departure where they're not willing to ruin that process to potentially, you know, get a wild card spot or just get in the playoffs at this point because it's not worth mortgaging maybe two or three years of, of a rebuild and having to start over again just to get that one game playoff where anything could happen. And I know it's really tough to sell the fans and especially in a place where the team hasn't been to the playoffs in a bit, but it just is the reality of the game today where people teams are finding I think the real case study on that is Oakland a few years ago saw their window to contend ended up making those trades with Addison Russell and trading Cespedes away to get Lester and get, you know, obviously uh, Samarja and Hamill and that deal in the big 4th of July trade, and then they end up, you know, going out in the first game of the postseason where Lester doesn't pitch well at all. So mm. teams see that and say, wow, they just ruined the next three years of their organization for one guy and or for one game, and, and that's scary. We're talking with Chris Cotillo. He is a uh, reporter and insider covering Major League Baseball for SB Nation. Let's say the Cubs and the Cardinals really turn it on and the Brewers kind of fall out of contention. Uh, who on the roster do you, would you expect? Let me let me kind of reformulate this. Would do you think the Brewers would once again kind of do what they did last year, where they would look to to sell to continue to resupplement the farm system even this year? I think so. I think there, there's just it makes too much sense. Where if you if you think you know, I think I compare the Brewers in a lot of ways to the Minnesota Twins and the AL, where the, where the Twins have played well, but they have some guys that it makes too much sense not to trade. Where Irvin Santana is the real case study with them. But when you're looking at at the Brewers, I think Matt Garza is a guy that that there's a lot of talk about potentially trading him just because he's kind of outperformed expectations, obviously. And uh, and I think that's that's one that you're really going to to see getting a lot of interest out there because he's a guy who's, you know, not as highly thought of as all these other guys who are going to be on the trade market, whether it be Sonny Gray or Cole or some of these guys, but an arm who can help a team. And I think if they're, you know, a little bit farther out of it, they might decide to sell. It's a really, really, really tough call, especially for a team in the Brewers situation. And we'll obviously know a lot more by July 1st. What do you think? I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you about Ryan Braun. What are the chances that he's wearing a different uniform at the end of this year? That's tough, obviously. The injury kind of stalls that, and the 10 and 5 rights, that, that kind of stalls things, too. I think you know, basically what's been heard over the last couple of years is the only reason something would really get done there would be the Dodgers or the Giants. The Giants obviously aren't going to look to add him right now. I think they could could potentially look to do it in the off season because I think it's a good fit for a team that 
you know, has needed an outfielder for years now and have Mike Morris and guys like that trotting out there, but they're not going to look to contend to the trade deadline. And the Dodgers look like they're all set. They have too many outfielders already. Andre Ethier coming back. So I think the chances are that he'd stay put right now, and that's more of an off-season move. I think when, when you have the choice to, to do those kinds of things as a general manager, you know, you have 30 teams who think they can contend in the offseason or 10 teams at the trade deadline, and if you have the choice, you'll do the winter every time. What's the biggest name, or who's the biggest name, you expect to be traded this year? Uh, the more, more we get toward the deadline, I really think it's Sonny Gray. I think he's a guy who's really turned it on in the last couple couple starts and a guy who's he's had a lot of interest around the league for three or four years from you know the big contenders, whether it be the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Yankees, Red Sox, and and every you know the once the Athletics got to a point where they wanted to trade him, it seemed like he struggled and then got hurt, and now his value is finally where it is. Guy is under control for a little bit, and I think they get a huge haul. And they're really helped by the fact that Jose Quintana, who is the star of this trade market coming into the year, and a guy that we heard a lot about ever since Sale was traded, Quintana was the next guy up, and Houston, Pittsburgh, the Yankees, a few of those teams were really in there. And now with his struggles, it seems like Gray is even more attractive. So I say he's a guy, J.D. Martinez, a lot of people think that he's another guy who can move up in Detroit. So those are kind of the two names I'm hearing, but at, at this point it is early, as I said. I know Oakland's been doing this for 10-plus years, you know, longer than that now, but does it ever make, like, do you lament the fact on behalf of Oakland that they work so hard to develop these guys? I mean, I was working in AAA baseball in the Pacific Coast League, and I remember seeing Sonny Gray for the first time pitching for Sacramento and, and the excitement around him, and then three years later, you know, he's on the trade market. Do you ever, do you feel sad for the, for a team like Oakland that just, they, they have to keep doing this over and over and over? Well, I, you know, it's obviously tough <laughs> to grow talent like that and, and then have to trade it away. But it's, it's just part of the cycle. And unfortunately, you know, some small market teams like that are forced into the cycle more often than teams like the Yankees, which, you know, we saw them do it for the first time last year. And the Red Sox have done it a little bit in the last couple of years. But with Oakland, obviously, Billy Bean knows what he's doing and he's, he's completely on top of his game there. And if he thinks a move needs to be made, then it will be. They have a lot of young arms that they've gotten in some of those trades coming back. Jarrell Cotton struggled a little bit. Kendall Graveman is a guy who I think is going to be a long-term solution there. So they have some guys, and they made a lot of trades in the last few years that, that are probably going to help them in the future. And if they do decide to give up Gray, one of those teams, whether it be the Rockies, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Yankees, are going to fight and give up a lot. He is Chris Cotillo. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Cotillo, C-O-T-I-L-L-O. Read him over at SB Nation at MLB uh, Daily Dish. Great stuff, Chris. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Always appreciate you being uh, so available to us. Sounds good. Thanks. There's Chris Cotillo joining us, and we appreciate his time. Uh, do you want to see the Brewers buy, or do you want to see them stand pat? Do you want to see them sell just to help the long-term sustainability of the rebuild? What say you? The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line available, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for being with us. Have another half hour left in the program, taking you until 9 o'clock. Talking all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line available to you, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. Kyle is in Delafield. He is also on WTMJ. Hey, Kyle. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? 
doing good. I, you know, I'm just getting sick at work being a Brewers fan. Everybody's asking me, oh, who are they going to trade? And I just keep reminding everybody it's a rebuilding team. And it's amazing what they're doing. It's great to see them over 500, but the Cubs are going to be in it again. I mean, they're playing bad baseball. So I do not want to see any trades other than, you know, the obvious brawn. I wouldn't mind Garza. And I guess oh, I really want to find Thames being traded off. I guess well, that's just a weird one. Because I do like Aguilar. He's young, and I think he takes. Otherwise, I want him to stay the course. And the th- I've heard people mention Thames' name. I think the fact that they signed him to a you know a multi-year deal at a yeah. pretty low rate. He's a very cost-controlled player, so I doubt they make a move with him. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, but to your point, I, the one thing I would say, Kyle, is I I wouldn't mind tweaking as long as they don't sell off any of their major top-level prospects. Yeah, I don't want. Appreciate the phone call, Kyle, at 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Got a text message in. I think the Brewers should go after guys like Sonny Gray and another starting pitcher. Maybe even bullpen help. The offense is fine. They just need some pitching to take the pressure off of them. Look, they're not they're not going to be in the market for Sonny Gray. I'm sorry. They're not going to be in the market for Sonny Gray. For them to go get a guy like Sonny Gray, they would mortgage years, years of top-level prospects coming through the system. The kind of haul that they got last year for Jonathan Lucroy, they would probably have to send more back to get a guy like Sonny Gray. And they're just not going to do it. They're just not. So don't, if you are hopeful that the Brewers are going to make a move for a top-line starting pitcher if they stay in this thing, uh, stop having those dreams. Like, I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm just being really honest with you. Stop having those dreams because they're not going to be in that market. Here's something, and I'll, I'll give credit to uh, Kyle Loebner, who is one of my guests, uh, regular guest on my uh, Brewers Externals podcast that you can get at WTMJ.com. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. We uh, release it uh, every Sunday night. I would love for you to uh, listen into that. But uh, Kyle and I were having a conversation on the most recent edition, and Kyle made the point, and I, I brushed through it with, um, with Chris Cotillo a few moments ago, but let me hit on it a little bit more. So here's the basic rules. I'm, I'm going to be very simple with this. In baseball, when you've got prospects, when you've got players in the minor league system, there is a finite amount of time that they can be in the minor league system before they have to be on the 40-man roster or be exposed to other teams. The Brewers have such a rich farm system right now that there are top 30 prospects who are significantly better than top 30 prospects in many other organizations that are never going to get to the big leagues with the Brewers because they're blocked, you know, center field, middle infield, those type of positions where there's so much depth in the system that these guys are not going to be added to the 40-man roster and they are going to be exposed to other teams. And while you don't want to see, you know, the, the from a from a standpoint of not wanting to see prospects go away, you're thinking, oh, you can't trade prospects. This is the future. Yada yada yada. Well, some of these guys you can maybe trade away now because they quite honestly don't have a future in terms of the big league roster, and you can make some moves there. But we're talking prospects number 20 through 30. We're not talking about these top-level guys. It's Brewers uh, Weekly. If you want to join us, you can do so on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. We'll take a break and have more in a moment right here on WTMJ. Brewers 
Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. The Brewers in first place. They are up on the Cardinals by a game and a half. They win earlier today against the Mets 2-1, and now they are set to return home as a couple West Coast teams are going to roll in here over the next few days. If you want to join the program, you can do so on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. You can call or text. You can also always tweet at me at Matt Pauley Radio. Mark's in Sheboygan. Mark, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I've been following Brewers quite a bit this year, and, and it's probably one of the better teams I've seen in a long time now. And I'm still wondering why they haven't done anything with uh, Ryan Braun's trade issue. I mean, they need some pitching now to go along with this hitting. And, you know, I don't know what they're waiting for to get with you know, if they can get rid of Ryan Braun, hold, hold on, Mark. Hold on, Mark. 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 Hold on. Who were yeah. they? Tra- give me the team that they trade him to. I don't know. I mean, isn't that between the management and the, and him? I mean, okay. So, Mark, I don't know what the problem is. Okay, uh, there's multiple problems, and I, I'm. Uh, he's he has full a. He can he can deny any trade he wants at this point. He has full no trade protection. So the only teams that he would even accept a trade to are West Coast teams. Uh, the Dodgers were a team that at one point was interested. The Dodgers don't need an outfielder right now. The Giants aren't playing good enough to uh, to go acquire them. You also need to have a team that's got the financial flexibility to add a $20 million salary in the middle of the year. Mark, there is not a single team in Major League Baseball right now that can really t- that have a need and can take Braun. There's just there is not an imminent trade for him. Well, there's just so much money being tied up with him paying him that money, too. I mean, and now you're telling me that, you know, the only way he leaves if he wants, or the only way he can go is if he wants to leave or pick the team. I mean, I didn't know that, but that's pretty sad. I mean, there's a lot of money being tied well, up. Hold there. on, Mark. That's a, a, that's a, so, Mark, there's a rule in Major League Baseball. It accounts for every single team in baseball. It is something that the Players Association have collectively bargained. If you are a veteran player that has at least 10 years of Major League service time, and you have played with the same team for at least five years, you have full no-trade protection. That is with every single team. Now, even before he hit what is called 5-10 and 10 status, he had limited no-trade protection where there was only a handful of teams the Brewers were even allowed to trade him in the first place. But this is not something that is unique to Ryan Braun. It is a rule of Major League Baseball where players who have five years with one team and ten years overall have full no-trade protection. Well, I guess I don't know what it's going to take then because they really got a good hitting team right now and they proved they can hit without him. I mean, and, you know, they need some pitching to help along here. That's how you get to the World Series. Anybody that follows baseball knows that. All right, Mark, you know? appreciate the phone call at 414-799-1620. I hope I don't come off as rude, but the, the, the folks out there who think that Ryan Braun can get traded, he can't right now. He's banged up. The Brewers want a ridiculous haul for him. And while $20 million is a... It's closer to being a bargain than an overpay for Braun. He's paid pro- he's paid a respectable amount. I'm not saying that's not a lot of money, but you compare what he's making to what a lot of other players out there are making. He's he's not an overpaid player, but just because he's not an overpaid player mean that most teams out there can't just go add a twenty million dollar salary in the middle of the season. You just can't. 
that has to be something you kind of plan for and and do during the off season. In, unless three Dodgers outfielders all get injured two days before the trade deadline and they're in first place, I just don't see a scenario where Ryan Braun gets traded. I just I don't. And you know things can change and things can change quickly in baseball, but I I don't I don't see that scenario playing out. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. The last four innings, I thought you know maybe better. Um, I thought he got in a groove there. You know, really after probably the, the second, I guess was the inning. Franklin threw the guy out, and I thought he was you know just he's in a great rhythm. You know, he went third time through the lineup. There was, uh, was he was still in a great rhythm, so it was outstanding today. That's manager Craig Council speaking of Chase Anderson. Welcome back in to Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. Another spectacular performance from Anderson today. Seven shutout innings, three hits, seven strikeouts, one walk as he follows up the game where he pitches uh, into the eighth inning with a no-hitter with uh, seven more shutout innings today. And something has really, really quick clicked recently with Chase Anderson. It's been good to watch. It's been fun to see. And talking about something clicking, uh, Craig Council today said that really as you look at Chase Anderson, truly he's kind of developed into a very dangerous pitcher. He's in a good place right now. I mean, he's um, got all pitches working. He's, you know, he's, he's got four pitches. He's really become a four-pitch guy. That's a credit to his hard work and to, to Derek Johnson, you know, improving that curveball and that little cutter he's using effectively too. And, you know, he was really fastball changeup for the early part of his career, and, and now those other two pitches have become a, a big part of what he's doing, and, and he's got to the point where he's worked with him enough, I think, now that he feels really comfortable kind of any pitch, any count, and that's tough for a hitter. So Anderson has added velocity to his pitches. He's throwing four pitches for strikes. He can throw them anywhere in the count. Has turned into a guy that is not easy to face off against. And that's what four pitch guys can do. You know, that that's uh, the hitter is, you know, is is stuck a little bit, and then with a lot of pitches and all of them for strikes, it's it's a tough at bat for the hitters. He's getting ahead in the count well, um, and he's got a kind of a different variety for the left-handers and the right-handers. Um, it's a lot of good stuff. So a major development for this team is certainly Chase Anderson and his ability to uh, to come on. And you know, Junior Garrett continuing to pitch the way he's pitching. If Chase Anderson can keep some level of this up, it's another reason to be more optimistic about what the starting rotation is doing. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Joshua is in Kenosha. Joshua, you're on WTMJ. Hey, good evening. Um, thanks for taking the call. I um, I think you're asking one question, and uh, you, you said you don't want to be rude, but uh, you're kind of answering a different question. What do we expect the team to do as opposed to what do we want them to do? Are looking at this, and let me give you an old-person phrase, all in the hands worth more than in the bush, right? Sure. We, we're looking at this season – um, pretty much if we go back to 09 and look on, that 09 team was probably about a year ahead of schedule. Then they don't make the playoffs for several years. They, you know, they kind of get in gear, make playoffs one year, uh, start to the next season, they all. Hey, Joshua, I, I am losing you. Your cell phone's going in and out. Are you still there? I'm, yeah, I am here. I'm sorry. No problem. Uh, I got you now. Go ahead. Um, just, just looking at this team kind of uh, uh, 
from from '09 on, you know, we've been up and down a little bit. Um, even when they were, you know, 10, they should have had a better year, you know, according to what they had done in '09, and some things like that. And I think we look at it and we're like, let's make a run. Let's pick a year and make a run. Um, I understand not selling off the entire farm. Um, as you said, you know, we always hear how full and how stocked that farm system is right now. Um, and like you said, guys are blocked. So let's pick some guys that we're keeping. Let's look at the other guys and see what we can get for them. Um, some, a little bit more pitching would be great. Um, I understand the whole Ryan Braun situation and, you know, I, I wouldn't expect him to get traded. And if we make a run, it doesn't matter, you know, how we're doing without him. If we're going to make a run, I think we're better off with him. Um, you know, we might have to do trade stuff with him after the season, what have you. But uh, uh, I'd like to see him make a run, try and get some pitching. Um, supposedly we have the horses in the stable. So, you know, I look back at the guys we've given up in the past. Uh, you know, what would we give away for Gamble or, you know, some of these guys that were supposed to be the next big thing, and I don't miss any of them. Yeah, hey, so. you know what, that's a... Uh, very reasonable thoughts by you, and I, I, I appreciate the phone call. And I, I think they, w- the thing that you said, Joshua, that needs to be that, that I think the Brewers are doing is pick the guys that are going to be the stars of this next run for the Brewers. And if you got some guys in the system that are never going to see the big leagues, then why not trade them away now, even if they're considered prospects? I think I, I think that's a very reasonable statement by you. Appreciate the phone call at 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Have a text message asking about uh, Chase Anderson's contract. He is eligible for arbitration each of the next three years. He is not scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent until 2021. So his salary will go up exponentially if he continues to pitch the way he's pitching right now. But the Brewers do remain club control on him through the 2020 season. Chris is in Shorewood. Chris, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, I just had a question for you. With Thames, they're talking about him having the hamstring injury. Why is it that council puts him out into left field? I, I know they want power. I know they want his bat. But I think you're risking it when you bring him out into left field. I can see him limping out there a couple plays where – uh, a couple of fly balls were hit out to him, and he was unable to get to it. It was foul ball, but it was he was unable to get to it. He just seemed like he was hobbling out there, and I just think you're risking a power hitter like that, and maybe just letting him sit on the bench for a little bit. You got Aguilar; he can play first base. He's got some power, um, and you know, and maybe bring up uh, someone from the minor leagues and get rid of Franklin because he's just a waste sitting on the bench, and I, I really don't see that. I just I like Thames, and I don't want to see him get hurt, and I think that would really uh, hurt the season going forward if if you know if he keeps on playing them out there. So what do you think of that? You know, I, um, um, you said a lot. I would say I would have been more on the same page with you three days ago than I am right now because Thames has had a pretty good last two days, including hitting home run. He had four hits in his last two games coming into today's game. I think you need to be really careful with him in the outfield. Something he has done, though, he has stopped lifting with his legs. Uh, that just uh, finished off a few days ago. He was going through his normal regimen in the weight room, and he has stopped lifting with his legs, and uh, that has helped the tightness. So I think we need to sit and watch and see what this new regimen looks like for him going forward and whether or not he's able to be a bit more flexible. He might have been getting just a, you know, look, I go do 20 squats and try to walk the next day, and if you don't, you know, it hurts. So I think right, that's right. kind of the same deal with him. 
What do you think of Franklin? I mean, is there is there a reason why council keeps him betting a He's betting, what, 120-something or 130-something? It's just really tough for him playing. right now. I mean, he had a big game today. He got on base a few times. He threw out a runner from uh, left field. He finally got a start, and he had a really good game. Uh, it's one of the toughest roles in Major League Baseball is being a guy who gets an at-bat every other day and still being able to uh, perform. He starts today for the first time in two weeks. He goes two for two with a run scored, and he throws out a guy from left field, and he's an infielder. You know, they're going to have a decision to make when Ryan Braun gets back and he's probably that last guy on the roster. Uh, but, you know, he's the he's the 25th man on the roster right now. I'm not too terribly worried about him. Okay. Well, I'm excited about the season. I like Thames. I like what they're doing right now. So hopefully they can keep on that uh, keep on that up pace and, uh, and, you know, go somewhere with it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know about going to the playoffs, whatever, but it's exciting. It's, it's nice to see this kind of play. It hasn't seen, you haven't seen it in a long time, and this is nice for their – out there really playing hard and they're winning games before it was they play hard but they come close and they don't and it's uh it's really a nice uh, change of pace so. absolutely chris appreciate the phone call 414-799-1620 one more break if you're on hold we'll try to get you in our final segment we're back with more in a moment here on wtmj Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauly. Just a few minutes left with you as we wrap up what's been a, another fun program. Appreciate all the interaction. Let's grab one more phone call before we call it a day. Paul is in Oshkosh. Paul, you're on WTMJ. Uh, hey, thanks, Matt. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I'd say that Braun, he's, he's like our modern Danny Aunt. He's, he's a brewer. He's staying. So fans that get caught up in that spider web, try to get out. And secondly, Garza, if he can, if, you know, keeps going and he gets a chance at, at a competitive, uh, even a ring, that'd be great. I mean, he deserves it. He's great in the clubhouse. You see his leadership and he's molding our new guys. So I wish him well. And then pretty much lastly, I'd say we're in a good position. They're going to, the office is going to stick to the plan. You know, and but we got guys that are shining, and so it'll be a dilemma between the coaching staff and the office if they can mold them and they want them and keep them. Then that's what we do. And if we're a little thick in a position, maybe we can go out and grab, you know, not a big name, but possibly a. Um, I like the guy that uh, led off the series with the Mets. That guy was tough. He, I don't know if it was just working that day, but you know, a bargain somewhere or something. Um, that then again fits what we're doing. I mean, we're in for the long run. It's not not a short run, but I sure like it. I've never seen it, and I'll be going down. I so, very thank you. yeah, you bet, Paul. Thanks for the phone call. I think the best chance for a trade to be made is you know what they've got some money to spend. This is a uh, this is a payroll that's not a lot of money, and if they can you know maybe even after the July thirty first trade deadline, but in the month of August, maybe they can pick up a bad contract. And throughout the you know for the rest of the year, take on some salary, not have to give much away, and grab a guy. I think that's always a possibility. The Brewers open a series against the Dodgers tomorrow. Our coverage starts at 6:35. I'll talk to you after with Brewers extra innings here on WTMJ.